1: Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's t r y l i f e m d.com.
0: So we're here at Marshalls with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy, a gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason, and some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshalls. Marshall's. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter.
2: It is the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. For example, if you have an Apple smartphone, find that purple podcast button, tap it, hit search, type in ML Sports Platter, and uh, you can hit the subscribe button to get new and archived episodes of the program with past guests like Tyler Dunn from Golong and Adrian Wojnarowski, the lead NBA insider and newsbreaker for ESPN. You can hit me on Twitter at Sports, and of course... On Instagram and Facebook, ML Sports Platter. We're brought to you by Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, Axe Exotic Pets, and our great friends at Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. Go ahead and log on to StanleyLawOffices.com. StanleyLawOffices.com. This episode really is going to be just uh, uh, me talking. About John Rahm winning the U.S. Open, what it means for him, what it means for Spain and European golf, what it means for golf in general. Um, f- first things first, I, I got to share uh, a number uh, that just uh, a stat that just blows my mind. I think it was Golf Digest and a couple other publications that had it. And if if you're a golf diehard, right, like I am. Uh, my game gets worse and worse, but I love it. I play it. I don't play enough to care anymore, really about score. <clears throat> I'm right around a bogey player at the current time. I have the potential to shoot in the low eighties to mid 80, you know, low to mid eighties. But, um, you know, sometimes I've gone out nine and shot, you know, low forties and this and that. I've had a shot at shooting really, really good scores and I get double or triple and it's golf. And, you know, you try to get a couple pars, bounce back and say, well, I was right around that bogey golf thing or right at it. <clears throat> and so, cares. And I was outside. I saw my friends, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if you love golf, if you're a diehard, I mean, this is a, th- th- this is an unbelievable, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> unbelievable stat. So John Rahm, John Rahm became <clears throat> the fourth golfer ever. Fourth golfer ever to close Birdie, Birdie in the U.S. Open. Okay? That is remarkable. You know who the other three guys are? Here they are. Ben Hogan did it at Oakmont in 1953. Jack Nicklaus did it at Baltistral in 1980. And then in 1982, it was done by Tom Watson at Pebble Beach. As the Twitter universe says, that's it. That's the list. And then John Rahm became the fourth fourth player to go birdie birdie to close out a U.S. Open. When you look at the U.S. Open and you see, you know how people uh, how 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 guys win um, majors. Every major, you know, look in in a lot of spots obviously there's you have to do the same thing in all the majors right to win i mean you got to putt you got to putt great on the weekends especially you got to be really good for 4 days for the most part if you if you're not you got to have then two spectacular days like there's a, there are a lot of things that the majors have in common as far as being victorious there's no question but when you start breaking it down and separating them to see, okay, let, let's let see exactly, right, what this major is, is known for, right? The Open Championship, can you handle the elements? Everything from wind to rain, <clears throat> uh, you know, certain gusts coming in from different areas and coasts and this, this and that, and obviously – the terrain, right? Like when you hit the ball and the ball goes over all over the place. And the fescue and the big bunkers. Like the elements, right? That's the Open Championship, I think, number one, that, that kind of sits above everything else. I think number two, when you look at the PGA Championship, uh, you got to have the best all-around game. And it doesn't matter where that uh, uh, is played. It doesn't matter if it's at Oak Hill. It doesn't matter if it's at Baltistral. It doesn't matter if it's at, uh, you know, wherever. Uh there needs to be a, a, a complete all-around game against the best field. I mean, we're dealing with, you know, usually it's the top 30 golfers in the world are in there. Uh, many times it's 48 out of 50, you know, or 97 or 8 or 9 out of 100. And so you got to have your best all-around game, and you've got to do it against the best field. The Masters, to me, is like shot shaping, I think, is the biggest thing. Right, you gotta you gotta maneuver around the golf course. You gotta be, you, you, you gotta be right there. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta know where you are in the course. You gotta hit it up and around trees. You got, you know, it's a shape course. It's a shot maker place. And then the U.S. Open is hang in there and make pars. Right, I mean that's really what this U.S. Open is all about. If you go back to, uh, it doesn't matter. You could go back to harder U.S. Opens where the U.S.G.A. has made it. Uh, almost impossible sometimes to, to land an approach shot, and guys are winning with, you know, plus scores. You go back to Tiger Woods in 2000, blowing the field away. You can go back to, uh, by what, 15 strokes, I think, where he was, you know, minus 12, and then uh, the next person was, uh, was minus was 3. Um, you know, you can go back um, years, and, and it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You um, what what it just doesn't matter what US Open. Uh there are always hang in their putts uh to make par. Hang in there, hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. You know? I mean that's really what it is. Um you know keep hanging in, keep hanging in. Yeah, I just I was looking that up. I wanted to see who was in second third and beyond. Tiger Woods finished minus twelve at Pebble Beach in 2000. Miguel Angel Jimenez, I forgot about that, plus three was second. I was thinking it was Ernie Els, but he was at... Oh, no, he was at plus three as well. He was at plus three. But, you know, you look all the way down the line, Tiger was not only victorious by 15 strokes, but he was also the only guy under par. We, You know, the U.S. Open is get par, get par, stay the course, get par, get par, make your putt, get par, stay... You know, that mental, that mental thing. I'm not sure there's a more challenging tournament in golf from a mental standpoint you maybe can say well the Ryder cup is kind of like that because of the you know the the the, the intensity the, the 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 global eyes on you both at <clears throat> home at, you know in the United States and across the pond if you're an American or vice versa um you know being from uh, international uh, soil uh you know and playing all the time in America you know like a Rory McIlroy you know in Northern Ireland but he plays so much in America he lives in America uh, uh, all these guys now do, right? So, um, you could say Ryder Cup, the U.S. Open's mental hurdles are, are, are just, are remarkable, right? I mean, they just are, it's, you know, I mean, and you saw, you know, John Rahm, I thought, was a guy who really just exceeded the, uh, You know, exceeded that. I mean, you go birdie, birdie, 17, 18, you jump into a category, Watson, Nicholas, and Hogan, and you close it out, you know, sitting around waiting to see what your competition was going to do probably was difficult, Uh, but he did the things that Louis Days and did not, right? He did the things that Harris English did not. He did the things that Kepka and Morikawa and Grace and Berger and Casey, and certainly a Xander Shoffley, a Rory, uh, 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 all those things that they did, he did not. By the way, a nice cool two point two five million winning the U.S. Open. These purses are unbelievable. He got six hundred FedEx points for this too. That's that's a hunk. Um, but he stayed the course. He made a bunch of good pars. Uh, you know, in the beginning of that back nine, you didn't. You know, there was some, kind of some trepidation and the like. But he 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 hung in there. Louis Uzdayson, you know, again on seventeen, he you know he pulls that, whips the ball left into the into the junk. You know, U.S. Open down the stretch. Again, can't do that. If you put it in play, and again, when I talk about golf, I'm not even really criticizing anybody. I would I would take any of these guys' worst day, I would take in a heartbeat. Come on. Um, but just talking about the sport and what I saw. I mean, Louis Eustace, and look, you put that ball in play, and next thing you know, you maybe you got a shot here, right? Then he had to, you know, kind of... You know then he then he kind of you know then he has to get an eagle again we remember what happened in round three right with with Louis where he made that crazy crazy awesome putt um you know asking somebody to get eagles on back to back days on 18 little much you know little much and but again if you put the ball in play on 17 what do we have, right? Like, what do we have? You know, opportunity for birdie. Then it's birdie on eighteen. You're not over You're not pushing. You're not. So lot, lot, lot to, uh, you know, if you're Louis and Now he's got seven second place finishes. Golf's hard. Um, you know, it, it, I hate to use a cliche, but it is what it is. Rory McIlroy now, I believe, is over twenty five in his last stretch of majors. Uh, people are giving up on him. I'm not. That's ridiculous. Rory is still extremely young. I think if he retired today, he'd go straight into the Hall of Fame because of, you know, his his remarkable career. He's a multiple major winner, Ryder Cup success, etc. You know, but you look at John Rahm, prototypical U.S. Open win. Back nine, he goes into the back nine after birding nine, a lot of confidence, and just par, 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 par. and then two putts drop. You know, these guys play in a different world. They're obviously a lot different than you and I. But one area that's the same in golf is, for your game and the course you're playing and, and, and how you're playing, if you give yourself enough opportunity, enough opportunities to be in a spot to score. In other words, go back to me. My bogey golf game right now. If I'm up and around the hole in on a par four in three within 10, 12 feet, you know, 7 to 10 times during a round, 8 to 12 times type of a thing, I'm going to probably make, and by the way, also inside 10, 12 feet, I'm probably going to make, you know, three or four of those putts, right? At least, I mean, you, you hope for more, you hope for half. I mean, we're not robots like these guys, but, you know, you'd hope for half, you'd hope for six for 12. Sometimes that's not realistic, but if you make four, but then you have tap-in bogeys across the board, all of a sudden, that's eight over par over a course of 12 holes. You only have six left. So let's say that you, you know, get a double, maybe you sneak in a birdie, that kind of cancels out, and then you, you know, maybe you get bogeys the rest of the way, just kind of an unconventional way. Well, if you look at that, you're around, you know, 13, 14 over par. That's a mid-80 score. That's Okay. Right, like that. But if you're not up there in that particular area, missing greens, uh, fly a drive in the woods, uh, you know, not focus. Something happened in the fairway. Um, you know, didn't pay attention to the yard. All these things that golf, everything that happens in golf. Plus, you could go ahead and swing and think you're feeling fine, put a good swing on it, and ba boom, something happens in your swing. It's just that's how it goes. And you know, if you get yourself into position enough. One of those putts is going to drop, or in Rahm's case, two putts are going to drop. What else does it mean for golf? I'll tell you in a second. We are brought to you by Bryant Stratton College, the official college of the ML Sports Platter. If you're looking to be a Bobcat, do so now. Two and four-year degrees starting soon. Brand new programs just uh, released, including a nursing program and more. Make sure you check out bryantstratton.edu and uh, fill out the questionnaire. They can kind of place you and figure out what's best for you. And hey, if you're 15, 20 years into a career and you're looking to switch, get a new degree, go in a different direction, Bryant Stratton can help you with that as well. bryantstratton.edu. Don't forget, they're the official college of the ML Sports Platter. And if you're in and around Central New York, they have two great locations, James Street and in Liverpool, bryantstratton.edu. And of course, find them on all social media platforms what does this mean for ram for golf for spain i mean look the first thing is i i love john roms first of all i like him period i think he's a classy guy he's a really really great player uh he hits the ball a mile he's entertaining to watch he's intense on the course uh, you know you can really 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 get used to guys like this right i mean they're easy to root for they're easy to like i tell you what I loved in the post-game, when he talked about in the post-match with Seve Ballesteros, and we know that all of the European golfers, and especially Spaniards coming from the homeland, we know the respect they have for Sevi. John Rahm, Sergio Garcia, all the Europeans, guys from Ireland, Padraig, and Rory, and every possible European, Martin Keimer. You go on and on and on. All the, Colin Montgomery, all the European golfers through the day's, they all have a wonderful Adam Scott. They all have an, uh, uh, well, he's from Australia, but they all have an unbelievable uh, uh, appreciation for, for Sevi Ballesteros, right? Uh, Ian Poulter. I mean, you know, all these guys, right? And it was great to see John Rahm simply say, hey, this one's for Sevi. I mean, that was so cool. Here's John Rahm on Father's Day with his smoke show wife and his brand-new baby winning his first U.S. Open. And, oh, by the way, coming off of the memorial and the COVID situation where he was beating the field, was going to win the tournament probably, and has a contact tracing issue of some sort, which is absurd to me, um, where they have to pull him off the course and not let him play. I thought that was dumb. Um you know, I I, I get, the, like, the safety first, this and that, and the other thing, but look what's happened since we've moved on, right? Nobody's, I mean, nobody has corona, um, and Rom certainly doesn't, and now he's a U.S. Open champ, but he had to battle back from the adversity there. And, oh, by the way, probably couldn't prepare for the U.S. Open the way he wanted to as well, but here he is with all these factors, right? Fighting the adversity with corona, his wife and his kid on the course, Tory Pines, the history, I think he got married or proposed on the course, uh, 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 So many other good moments. Um, I think his first PGA win was at Torrey Prime. I mean, there's just so many things going on. And he just turns immediately to Seve Ballesteros, and that tells you how much respect that he has for Seve and how much respect all the European golfers have for Seve Ballesteros. Um, and what it means for Spanish golf, I, I mean, I think there's going to be a ripple effect. I really do. I mean, I think when a guy breaks through in a historical way and presents a historical na- narrative, I think that things inside the country, you know, they follow suit. Kids who are a little bit kind, you know, kind of into golf, you know, waffle Wow, look at I want to be John Rahm now, right? Like I want to be another Spaniard to win the U.S. Open. Like those things happen. It happened in Ireland. Look at Rory. Look at Padraig. Uh, look at all these guys who are now playing, and you know, between that age group of 22 and you know, 30, 31. <clears throat> they all grew up idolizing Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods changed the game in more ways than one. He's the largest global golf figure ever. I mean, when you talk about moving the needle, global icons, I mean, it goes, you start with your team or your respective sport, whatever the case may be, then it goes to what's your impact in that sport and then in the country. And then what about the global? A lot of guys don't go that far. A lot of guys, you know, like Mike Trout, for example, most would say is the best player in the game when he's healthy. He's always hurt. But when he's healthy, he's the best player in the game. But Mike Trout ain't global, right? Shohei Ohtani is more global, you know, because he's from Japan. He's doing his thing. But Shohei Ohtani is nowhere near global, as global as, you know, historical figures like Tiger Woods, Muhammad Ali, you know, Michael Jordan, for example. I mean, Michael Jordan made basketball global, period end of discussion, uh, with the Dream Team and all the rest. Tiger Woods helped. I think golf was already global because of, you know, the Ryder Cup and, You know, uh, I I think, you know, Jack Nicholas wanting to expand the Ryder Cup, make it more of a competitive deal with with Europe and the group, and going over to the higher-ups in in England and Europe and and everywhere else and just saying, hey, let's get this thing going, let's expand. Now, that hurt the Americans down the road, because Europe started kicking the U.S.'s asses, um, you know, into another stratosphere. But you get the point. The game was pretty global. I mean, you had Seve. i have been talking about him a lot the last few minutes. But then when Tiger took off, I mean, it was, it was holy. Now there were other smaller countries playing and the game grew a ton globally and obviously at home in the United States, the Nike commercials and that partnership and all the rest. There are very few players who become global athletes who become global in that regard. Ali, Jordan, right? Like Tiger, um, but when a, when an individual and you know what Hideaki, Hideki Matsuyama is another example. I mean, he wins the masters from Japan, you know that's going to be a multi-million dollar win for him. That's going to be a, a win that has a ripple effect uh, I think, in the country of Japan, because Hideki Matsuyama was probably already idolized and all the rest, but now youngsters who are like thinking about golf, now they're going to get into golf, now they're going to play golf. Folks who are kind of in and out of golf, maybe they'll dedicate themselves to golf. I want to be Hideki Matsuyama. I want to be, <clears throat> you know, a, a Japanese player to win the Masters. I want to go over to the states and dominate. You know, John Ram following the footsteps, idolizing a countryman in Seve Ballesteros. Now people idolize John Ram. People have idolized Sergio Garcia. Sergio finally wins the Masters. Sergio is a hero, obviously in Spain. He's a Ryder Cup legend. But, you know, winning the Masters and all the rest, it just added to his resume and his portfolio. Sergio is a Hall of Famer. John Rahm, building a Hall of Fame career. Uh, These are the things that happen in golf. There will be a ripple effect in Spain. Trust me. What it means for golf, it means that another guy who was knocking on the door, right, and primed and ready to win a major championship, he finally broke through. Right? Like, he finally broke through. That's really, that's it. And I think... This is, it just signifies, you know, the game more and more and more. I mean, it really does. Um, it, it, it's, you know, here's a guy who um, was primed and ready, you know, fighting, fighting, you know, tooth and nail to do it. I mean, look at all the other guys who haven't gotten a major still. Ricky Fowler, right? There's tons of guys. Paul Casey, <clears throat> Ian Poulter, right? Like, there's a lot of guys who don't have... Matt Kuchar. There's a lot of players who don't have a major championship. John Rahm was knocking on the door for a good bit of time here, right? And he finally gets it done. Finally wins a major. He's also 26 years old, which, again, lots of golf to go, man. Lots of golf to go. He had a top four in the 2018 PGA. He, had a, he finished fourth in that same year in the Masters. <clears throat> you know, he, had, he tied for 11th in the Open Championship in 2019. He's won some golf awards. I mean, he's won, um, you know, European Tour Golf for the Year. He's won the Ben Hogan Award twice. He's been a guy who's been, you know, he's gotten <clears throat> on the tour and he has knocked on the door. Six PGA Tour wins now, seven on the European tour, and now the U.S. Open, it's going to change his entire career. So it's going to do a lot for Spanish golf. It's going to do a lot for, um, you know, Ram. Um it, Again, it's another player who has not won, you know, a, a major. And, you know, now we can cross off another guy. And, and I had a feeling... I had a feeling, and Mickelson winning the PGA obviously is the story of the golf year so far, but I had a feeling that for the most part, most part, that, you know, we would have a couple more first-time major winners. I didn't think it would be a full sweep. I thought, like, a Rory, a Spieth, you know, Patrick Reed, Padraig, you know, whoever. I didn't expect Phil to win a major. But you know whoever whoever's won a major before, right? Like Brooks Kepka, all these different guys, right? Like Louis Stason. You know Xander Xander Shoffley still doesn't have a major, right? And you have all these different young players who are coming. I mean, they're coming hard. They're coming fast and furious. You know the the the, the Matthew Wolfs of the world. They're coming. You know, Morikawa's already got a major, right? Like Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, those guys who Martin Keimer who've already got majors or multiple majors. Adam Scott, but you know Gary Woodland, Bubba Watson. You know, thought maybe, eh? You know, one of those guys, Shane Lowry. You know, one of those guys maybe repeats or or wins a third, wins a fourth, wins a fifth. Um, but 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 I thought it'd be a split year. You know, I didn't think that it would be uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't think it would be a year like 2003. You know, I just I just didn't. I I thought that we would probably have a you know maybe a half and half type of a thing. Um, you know, I, I I just, I didn't expect something like that to happen. I, I didn't think we'd have a Y.E. Yang kind of year, a Michael Campbell kind of year, or 2003, where Mike Weir wins the Masters, Jim Furyk wins at Olympia Fields at the U.S. Open, right? Ben Curtis is what, I think 363 or in that range uh, for the Open Championship. I, 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 you know, and Sean McKeel wins at Oak Hill. I cover that tournament. I, I, I don't... I didn't think that uh, you know any of those guys uh, I, I didn't think we'd have a year like those you know those guys gave us an 03 for first-time major winners. I thought we'd had a couple. I didn't expect Phil um, and I'm glad who's won. I, this has been a great year in golf again, unfortunately no tiger, but it's been a great year in golf and golf is in good hands. We needed the Mickelson tournament and the win for the ratings game as well. Uh, I think this is a a, a it just been a great great year. Period and discussion. I really do. And the two guys who break through and win majors, Hideki Matsuyama making history, John Rahm making history, Japan and Spain respectively. I think is absolutely terrific stuff. Um, you know, and now we'll see what happens with the uh, you know with the rest of the um, with the rest of the, the the year. You know, we we're coming up here on um, you know as I record this, we've got. Uh, the Travelers Championship is uh, is taking place here uh, in Connecticut. It's a decent field, um, you know. We'll 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 kind of lead in here to that, and then um, you know we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, we're gonna get into July. We're gonna get into Open Championship, and you know it's gonna be a great year. And by the way, I do like. It took me a little getting used to, because the PGA was always kind of like, oh, it's the last major. And frankly, I'm not all the way used to it, because when the Open Championship ends, I'm like, oh, the P now that's over. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, I'm not all the way there as far as getting used to it. However, however, uh, I do kind of like the PGA where it is. You know, it gives us a major in April, a major in May, a major in June, a major in July, and then we can kind of sit back. You know, and really watch the rest of the tournaments and the non majors and all the rest. And there's some really good ones. You know, in July, obviously leading up to the Open Championship, you always have the John Deere Classic, uh, which uh, which leads in here. The match before that uh, will be really good. Which is not a tour event. It's uh, uh, uh in company in, in that one. Um, uh, Mickelson and Rogers and Brady. The Rocket Mortgage Classic will be really good. Bryson Duchambeau is a defending champion there. Um, you know, and then after the Open Championship, you know, you got the Barbasol, you got the 3M, you got the World Golf Championships, the St. Jude. Great event there. Justin Thomas, defending champion. You got the Wyndham, you've got the BMW. John Rahm won it last year, by the way, the Tour Championship. Dustin Johnson. And then the Ryder Cup that was supposed to be played, what, last year <clears throat> is uh, this year. It's going to be spectacular. In, in Kohler, Wisconsin, at Whistling Straits, it just had a major, you know, some years back, one of the great courses in, in in the United States and the world. It's like a link-style course along the coast and the the, the, the the water. You know, we've had a pretty good year. I mean, I just think the year has been really, really good. Uh, I lo- I've loved it. Um, you know, when we go back to, you know, everything that, we've seen, um, I think the the competition's just been great. I think that it's been, um, you know, history's been made. We've had Phil. I mean, it's just been, it's been great. It really has been. Um, and you look at the guys who have been in the winner's circle. We've had a nice, I think, uh, and, by the way, going back to Corona, <clears throat> remember we had the Masters in November and then we turned around and had it again in April. <laughs> you know, Dustin Johnson won the Masters in November. Um, but, you know, we've had Patrick Cantley, We've had Sergio had that big win at, at the Sanderson Farms, you know, back in October. Um, Kevin Na has been in the winner's circle. Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger. DeChambeau has been making... Uh, you know, creating some controversy and the like with, with the way he plays, the way he talks, the press conferences, his rivalry with Brooks Kepka, the Players' Championship with Justin Thomas. That was an awesome event. Jordan Spieth's gotten back in the winner's circle when everybody gave up on him. Not everybody, but most uh, in terms of winning the Valero. A lot of people thought Rory couldn't win anything, that he goes out and wins the Wells Fargo. <clears throat> so there's a lot to love about this golf here. And, uh, you know, look, John Rahm just adds to it. And I can't wait for the for the Open Championship. I can't wait. You know, the Open Championship is similar to the U.S. Open in a way that we get golf uh, at at cool times. Now, life now, married kid, you get up in the morning a little harder to you know just plop down and say, "Ah, oh, let's just watch some Open golf." Back in the day, you could get up, watch Open golf, and go play eighteen, right? But it's still pretty cool to just wake up and boom, golf is on. U.S. Open, when they're they're playing it on the West Coast, it's pretty cool. Or the PGA on the West Coast. Because you can be at 7 or 8 o'clock and guys are like halfway through a round. If that. In some cases. Not on that final Sunday, but pretty close. And you can watch golf from... 7, 8 at night until ten eleven, and then watch a little bit of the recap and not really miss a beat, right? Like, you can miss a few holes, but you're not missing the whole thing. Uh, whereas the Open Championship now, I mean, if if you have busy lives, you get up, you try to get going, you, you know, next thing you know, you watch a little bit, and then you, you kind of stray away, and a few hours goes by, and you're like, oh, oh, this is the replay. This isn't the real, you know, we've all had those days. But it's pretty cool when the West Coast highlights, right, like highlights the... The, the, the majors and you can if you're on the east coast you can kind of watch it it's only four or five o'clock there right around uh, you know that seven eight o'clock time when you're putting kids down and all that other sort of thing you're, you know you've been with done, dinner done with dinner for an hour or two uh, you can kind of you can kind of do that and everybody's lifestyle is different but one thing I know is if you love golf and you have an opportunity you're chill and it's just you and, and it's on at night I love that west coast thing man I love that few hours of golf you're watching right there it's live it's like five o'clock there it's it's awesome. So congratulations to John Rahm, big-time win, and uh, can't wait for the rest of this golf calendar. Mike Lindsley with you here, ML Sports Platter. It's all brought to you by our great friends at Liverpool Physical Therapy. Go ahead and visit them online at liverpoolphysicaltherapy.com. Peter and Mike and the gang doing a great job. No doctor prescription is necessary for the first 10 physical therapy visits in New York State. Liverpool Physical Therapy, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Rosie's Corner, Welch and Company Jewelers, Camillo's Golf Club, and our great friend Brian Conboy at Mass Mutual New York State. Tax efficient retirement planning. Go with Brian today. Maybe you're retiring soon. You're putting a youngster through college. Brian can help point you in the right direction. He opened our eyes to a lot of new things. Go see him on LinkedIn and Facebook and at advisors.massmutual.com. Brian Conboy at Mass Mutual New York State. He is the official advisor, uh, financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports, and as I always tell you, enjoy the games.